glad he didn't say you can touch me if you got so much money or if you got so much popularity in the world or then you can touch me but I'm so glad all he said we had to do was to believe if thou can believe all things are possible amen and, and he's proved that to be the truth we've seen him do so many things amen Amen. And you know, the prophet of God said that the Lord Jesus wants to heal you a thousand times more than you want to be healed. And yet all he asked you to do was to believe that. Well, I believe, but nothing happened. It, it may not happen on your time. It happens on his time. But his time is always the right time. Always. Amen. What a privilege it is to serve him this morning. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus and count it an honor to be able to be with you and be home this weekend. And we want to thank the Lord for all he's done for us and for my family and my oldest daughter, Jessica, my firstborn, turns 30-year-old tomorrow. I want to wish her a happy birthday. I, I told her, I said, I don't know how that can be that you're turning 30 and I'm only 39. <laughs> I, I don't think she believed that. But <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with us to the book of Acts. We're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 1. We want to speak to you a little thought on why Satan hates Pentecost. The Bible says this, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and to speak with other tongues that the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Thy Word is true. We commit this congregation and ourselves into Your hands for Your glory. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Now, we read from the Word of God, which was recorded by the Holy Spirit, of how the first or the original church was founded, and how God manifested Himself in her. 
Now you see, the word cannot change or be changed because the word is God. So people can argue and debate and say this and say that of what Pentecost is or what Pentecost was, but the word of God is the absolute. What the Holy Spirit recorded, that's just the way it is. There's no changing it by opinion. There's no changing it by organization. There's no changing it by dogmas. It ever remains what the Word says. For in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. To change one word of the Word of God brings sin and death. If you don't believe me, ask Steve. Amen. So we see that this is the absolute of the events of the day that the church was founded at Pentecost. So in order to find out why Satan hates Pentecost, we must find out what Pentecost is and what it isn't. Amen. So Pentecost is not a denomination. It is not an organization. Pentecost is an experience with God that men and women receive. It's not something that you join, but it's something that you receive. You, the individual, they asked Brother Branham, said, what is the new birth, Brother Branham? He said, the new birth said, it's Christ revealed to you personally. It's a personal revelation. Amen. Amen. Just coming to a message church, don't make you a message believer. You must be born again. It is a personal revelation. Amen. And the whole church is built upon the revelation of who Christ is. A personal revelation that he's alive and he's well and he's living in you to tell. Amen. Hallelujah. Pentecost is nothing but the vindication of the resurrected Lord Jesus, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what Pentecost is. Pentecost vindicates that Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, let me say that again. Pentecost vindicates that Jesus rose from the dead. When Paul was on the road to Damascus to to persecute the Christians and to to throw them into jail, and the Bible says that as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and a voice, uh, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. But notice, Paul wasn't persecuting Jesus, the man. He was persecuting the church with the Pentecostal experience. The church was vindicating that Jesus, that they crucified, was now living in them. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Let me say that again. That's good. Amen. The Jesus that they crucified, that they thought they got rid of, he was now living in the church. Pentecost is a restoration. Amen. Hallelujah. Pentecost is the blessing. It's the power of God. Listen to what the prophet says. Anyone who receives the Holy Ghost is Pentecost. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Then you are Pentecost. It's an Pentecostal experience. When you receive the when you receive the experience of Pentecost, the power is within you. 
It's not something that's on you. It's what's in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Pentecost is a restoration. The same grain, the same Jesus that went into the ground is reproducing himself. Come up through the stalk and now is reproducing himself in the fullness and the original grains like it went down. Amen. Hallelujah. When you receive Pentecost, you receive an experience. The experience is in you, not on you. That's why the prophet of God said you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost every day and still die and go to hell. It's not something that's just on you, but it's actually in you. Something you experienced. I remember years ago when Jessica's just a wee thing and, and this, uh, some people heard that the Lord had opened her blinded eyes and the story about us telling her that God provided a lamb for her eyes. And so these, these people bought Jessica a lamb. And so I built an electric fence to put this little lamb in. And Jessica's just, a, I think, maybe six-year-old, something like that. And so I told Jessica, and they know, I, I tested the wire and made sure it was live to, to keep the lamb in. And I said, now, Jessica... If you want to pet the lamb, let daddy know, and I'll turn this box off. I said, if you touch that wire while that box is on, it'll shock you. Do you understand, honey? Yes, daddy. <laughs> Intellectual conception. <laughs> so I was out working on this tractor of mine that backslid, trying to get it to run. And I seen Jessica head down towards the lamb, and all of a sudden I heard her go, whoa! And I said, hey, sir, I, she's got into the fence. And I thought, well, maybe she needs some daddy's loving, you know. So I climbed through the barbed wire fence and went down to where she was at. When I got down to where she's at, oh, God, the big old blue eyes of hers, she's holding her hand just like this, tears rolling down her face. She said, don't touch that wire, daddy, it's hot. <laughs> you see, before, it was me telling her, but after she experienced it, oh, hallelujah. It was her telling me, and he said, I will make you my witness. And the world will know, hallelujah, that you've got a hold of the wire. When you receive Pentecost, it is the power that is within you. You've got faith. The prophet said you've got faith in what's in you. It'll do anything you ask. Oh, my, that's it, brother. That's it. Pentecost is in us. Then why do so many message people even hate the word Pentecost? It's in us. It's in us. Just don't be afraid. When a Christian gets saved, God gives him a checkbook. And on the checkbook is wrote out anything you have need of. Lay it on, amen. Lay it on my account, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He said, are you afraid to put your name on it and send it in? Don't be afraid. Anything that he's promised, just remember, anything he's promised, it's yours. It's not something you're going to have. It's what you have right now. Oh, I know I've told it before, but... Every time I read a quote about a checkbook, I think of that brother down in Mexico that, uh, you know, I was going to preach a meeting and uh, I went to Walmart and there was some watches on sale and I, I didn't need a watch, but 
He certainly even said, what are you buying that watch for? I said, I don't know. I just think I'm just going to buy this watch. It was 10 bucks or something like that. Took it down to Mexico. I ran into this brother. He didn't have a watch. So I gave him that watch. And that night at the end of the service, he came up. I was preaching on the bride's checkbook. And he came up and he, he pulled up his pants leg. And he, and he opened up this bandage and he had a diabetic ulcer that had eight. You could see the bone through the wound in his leg. But he said, I want to write me a check. So about a month later, I was down there, maybe two months, I was back down in that area again. The brother come running up to me, and he threw up his hand, showed me the watch. I said, well, praise the Lord. And then he pulled up his pants leg, and that diabetic ulcer was completely healed. There was just a dark spot. There was just a dark spot on his leg where the ulcer was. And he said, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, tell me what you did. We have other people with diabetic ulcers that were going to amputate their legs. He said, tell us what you did. Do you know what he said? I wrote myself a check. Yeah. Hallelujah. He's giving you the checkbook and anything you have need of. Just fill it out. Don't be afraid to use it. Amen. Hallelujah. Pentecost is the only thing that's going to prove Christianity. That's why there's no use to argue on Facebook or on, come on somebody. You'll never prove it by debating. There's only one thing that proves Christianity. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. You can't prove it by science. You can't prove it by nothing but a Pentecostal experience. You know how I know God takes somebody off of drugs? I experienced it. You know how I know God takes alcohol out of somebody's life? I experienced it. You know how I know God opens blinded eyes? I've experienced it. It's not something I learned. It's not something I heard. I have experienced it. Somebody wanted to debate me over divine healing. I said, buddy, you've come too late to tell me that. Your God may be puny. My God's not puny. You can't warm by a painted fire. Pentecost is just as real today as it was then, see? The fire is still burning. It ain't a painted fire. It is a real fire. Done it again, Brother Donnie. Watch, it's calling 911. Got the devil, I'm calling 911. Well, glory. It ain't something painted. It ain't fake. It's real. It's a fire that burns. Amen. Why does Satan hate Pentecost? Because it's a fire and he can't put the fire out. The problem is that it's trying to put out a building that's on fire on a windy day. You can't do it. They tried to burn it out of the man. They tried to feed it to a lion, but the lions couldn't eat the Holy Ghost. Well, they tried to blow it out of John, but they couldn't blow it out of John. And they can't get it out of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. They threw it in a fiery furnace, but it's still burning today. And it will burn till Jesus comes. What the church had at Pentecost is her inalienable right. Originally, she had the pure word of God. She had the power of the spirit manifested in diverse signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. 
in this age of rights when everybody wants the rights. I want you to know, church, you have an inalienable right to the Pentecostal blessing. You know what that word means? I don't even know if I'm even saying it right or not. Inalienable right. You know what that means? It means it's a riot that cannot be taken away from you. Hallelujah. So what happened on the day of Pentecost? When they were gathered in the upper room in one mind and one accord and suddenly there came from heaven. You see what came on the day of Pentecost did not come from a man. It came from heaven. It was the mantle of the Holy Ghost that Jesus wore. And he sent it back to the church. He told him, son, I want to send you to all parts of the world to be a witness to me. But before you go, I want you to go up yonder to the city of Jerusalem. Because that same Holy Ghost mantle that's upon me, I'm going to send it down upon you. I'm going to send it back to you. Oh, brother, sister, that Holy Ghost you got that day you knelt at the altar or in your closet or wherever you was at when God blessed you with that blessing. Hallelujah. You didn't get a different Holy Ghost than what he had. You didn't get a different Holy Ghost from the pastor. You didn't get something different from the prophet. There's one Holy Ghost. It is the life of God given back to the church. Amen. Like Elijah and Elisha. When they got down to the river that day and God was going to take Elijah home and there was critics all around the river laughing, making fun of them. But Elijah took the mantle and he struck the water and the water parted and they went over on dry ground and the water closed back behind him. Now they was like in a secret place, if you will, just him and the prophet. And he said, what do you want? What do you want from me? You've been faithful. You followed me these 10 years. Well, let me tell you something. What was God doing? He was molding Elisha to fit the mantle. He was not cutting the mantle to fit Elisha. And let me tell you, God will never cut this message to fit your opinion or your ideal. Come on, somebody. He will not change this word for you. But he will cut us and he will mold us and he will shape us till we fit the mantle. He said, what do you want? He didn't say, I want another spirit. That's not what he said. He said, I want what you got. I just want more of it. Like the man eating watermelon, he said, that was good. There got to be more of it somewhere. And Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. But nonetheless, if you see me when I go, you can have what you ask for. Now, what did it cause Elisha to do? It caused a singleness of I, a singleness of mind. They had to be in one mind and one accord. And all of a sudden, out of heaven, come a chariot of fire. And Elijah stepped over in it, and he started it up. And Elijah said, hey, you promised me. You see, God likes for you to remind him of his word. He likes for you to remind him of his promises. You said you'd heal me. You said you'd deliver me. Hallelujah. You said I don't have to fear cancer. And down out of heaven. Came the mantle. And Elisha picked it up, put it on. Guess what? It fit. And he goes back. Where does he go? He goes back to the same river with the same mantle, with the same anointing, just more of it, right in the face of the critics who were still there. And he struck the water and he said, Where is the God of Elijah? He wasn't asking a question. He wasn't asking Siri. Come on, somebody. 
He wasn't asking a question. He was making a statement. The God that was on Elijah doth now rest on Elijah. And Jesus said, this mantle that I wore, I will send it back to you. And the works I do, you shall you do also. And greater works than you shall you do. What happened on the day of Pentecost? It was the birth of the church. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened when they came out of the upper room? The Bible said they staggered like drunk men. But that's not the evidence of Pentecost. You can stagger with an ear infection. You can stagger because you're drunk. Many people staggering today because they're drunk on the world. The world is staggering because she's drunk. Amen. What happened? Why does the devil hate Pentecost so much? It can't be the noise. His crowd makes noise too. It's not the staggering, not the noise. What happened? Why does Satan hate it so much? The day of Pentecost, they brought forth the revelation of where Christ is. The tomb was empty. Some said he was risen. Some said they stole the bodies. Others said he fainted. He never even died. But Peter stood out there and he said, he is here. A few years ago, Time Magazine put out an article, said, where is God? Well, Betty may not know, but I know. I like to tell him where he is. He's here. He's with his bride. Exactly where he said he would be. In a little while the world will see me no more. But ye shall see me, for I'll be with you, even in you. God in his people, fulfilling his word. First original Pentecost church was so full of the power of God that they put the sick and the lame out on the sidewalk. So Peter, Peter who had all the trouble, who denied him at the fire, at the fire this Peter was so full of God that his shadow passing over the sick and the afflicted and they were healed. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Peter. You know, the one who fished naked, Peter. His shadow passing over the sick and the afflicted, and they were healed. But I want you to understand, brother, sister, it wasn't Peter that did the healing, nor was it his shadow that done the healing. It was the faith of the people. Oh, God. They believed that the God that was in Jesus was now in Peter and that same God that was in Jesus, that same God that was in Peter, that same God is in us today. But the prophet said, you're afraid to let loose. You're afraid to turn your faith loose. Oh, Brother Darrell, what if it don't happen? It'll never happen with that kind of attitude. If thou can believe, amen. The Pentecostal church manifested the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. They healed the sick. They cast out devils. They preached the gospel with boldness. They set the church in order. They exposed Satan's schemes. They were a church on fire. 
and Satan hated them. That Pentecostal birth. You see, a church born by the Spirit of God has to have the Spirit of God in them. What is the church built upon? The spiritual revealed truth that he is the Son of God. The church is built upon the revelation of who Christ is. A present tense truth. You see, the devil don't care if you saw what Jesus was. He don't care if you see what he's going to do in the millennium. He don't want you to see what he's doing right now. He wants you to have amnesia. When you sit with amnesia, you don't know who you are. You don't know where you come from. You don't know where you're going. And Satan don't care if you know what happened or what will happen. He don't want you to see what's happening now. But I want you to know you are the revelation of Jesus Christ in this hour. It's not something that's coming. It's here now. The seals have been torn. The book is open. The angel descended with the open book. What did he do with it? He didn't give it to John to put up on a mantle and make some kind of an arrangement. What did he tell John to do with the book? Eat it. When John ate the book, him and the book became one. What was in the book? Asked John. He ate it. You see this? This Gatorade? It's in this bottle. But when I drink it, me and the Gatorade become one. And if you wait just a few minutes, I'll manifest it to you. That's what John did. Oh God. John times the bride. Hallelujah. We're feasting off the revealed word. After the opening of the seals, the full word of God was born into manifestation. You are what you eat. Hallelujah. The church is built upon the revelation of who Christ is. A present tense truth. Not what he was, not what he will be, but who he is now. Why does Satan hate revelation? Why is he so against revelation? It's because the entire canon of God's word and God's church is solemnly built upon revelation. We are a revelated people. That's why the world thinks we're crazy. They don't see what we see. We're a part of a secret society. Chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Amen. We don't wear some jacket with some kind of emblem on it that makes us a part of this society. It's not the jacket that we wear on the outside. It's that Holy Ghost on the inside. That's what makes us one. One with each other. One with him. Amen. Why does Satan hate Pentecost? Because it brings a present tense Christ. And a present tense Christ always cast out Satan. Seeing the word for your hour. Being made flesh in you. But Brother said, let me show you another reason why Satan hates the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. He knows that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's so sad that a lot of message people don't even know that, even though they quote it, got it on their sign, got it on their car, and they still don't know it. Well, how can you say that? Because they're trying to make him different right now than what he was. Come on, friends. He never said, play what I say. He said, say what I said. He knows Jesus Christ the same yesterday forever, and he changes not. He knows that more than do 90% of the theologians. He knows that since God is immutable in his nature, he's just as immutable in his ways. Thus Satan knows assuredly. Amen. 
that the original church at Pentecost with the power of God, Mark 16 in action, is the true church that Jesus claims as his own. All else is false. We're not the church because we have Hebrews 13, 8 on our side. We're not the church because we have a picture of the prophet. Come on, somebody. That's not what makes us the church. But what makes us the church is the same life that was in Christ, that was in that first church, is in us doing the same thing. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they brought forth the revelation of who Christ is. And by doing the works of Christ, they proved it was him. At the gate called beautiful, Peter and John. They said to the lame man at the gate, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto you. I ain't got no silver. I ain't got no gold. But I do got something. And I can give it to you if you want to receive it. The prophet said, I can just imagine the man said, yeah, I want it. I want it. I want what you got. He said, then in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand on your feet. Peter took him by the hand and helped him up. When his faith stepped out on that promise, his limbs got strength. And he began to leap and run for joy. That's what the church was at Pentecost. Acts 2 is the standard. That is the pattern. There is no other pattern. No matter what scholars say, God has not changed the pattern. What God did at Pentecost, he has to keep doing until the church ages close. And in case you ain't figured it out, we are the final church age. There's not another messenger coming. There's not another prophet coming. This is it. And what he done at the first, he'll do it right up until the time we leave here. The true born-again church in this hour is the living word of God. It's the word of this age made manifest. Search the scriptures and see what's supposed to be in this age. There is Christ living again. He's just changed his mask from one to another. The problem is you can't look at the mask. Don't pay no attention to the mask. Look at what's behind it. What did he say? I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the first. And I am the last. All hell is against this teaching. All hell is against this truth. You see him attacking the Baptist on the internet? You see him attacking the Catholic on the internet? You know why? Because they talk about their mama. Come on, somebody. They're not attacking them. All hell is against this truth. But it is the truth, amen. The spirit of this world hates the spirit of God. You know why? Because it cannot overcome it. Hallelujah. It cannot overcome the spirit of the Lord. Therefore, it tries to destroy the vessels in whom the spirit of truth dwells. Well, Brother Darrell, I'm having so many trials. My body's been so afflicted. Good. If we can receive it, that's just the evidence. Satan hates the vessel in whom the spirit of truth dwells because he cannot overcome the spirit of the Lord. I'm no match for the devil, neither are you. This flesh is no match for the devil, but this is not what he's scared of. It's what's on the inside of us. 
No matter how righteous upright a Christian is before the public, how gracious he is to his fellow man, doing naught but good. Let him confess Christ as his Savior and acknowledge the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophecies, healings, and miracles, and he will be condemned. Condemned. For what? Merely testifying that he's the same. Satan hated him. He had him beaten. He had him imprisoned. And the more he'd done, the harder they burned, the more they scattered, the bigger it got. So what did he do? He changed his tactics. And he gave them dogmas instead of the word. And when you change the word, you bring sin and death into the camp. He gave them a dogma instead of the word. His Satan's hatred for Pentecost. His desire to stop it. But little did he realize he was playing right into the hand of God. He thought he was doing something so big and so great. But all he was actually doing was the Father's bidding. Oh, God. He said, what are you talking about? I'm going to show you in just a second. The church died at Nicaea, Rome, when she took the dogmas and the creeds instead of the original word. Satan thought he had her, the Alpha bride, like he had the groom that day at Calvary. But see, what he failed to see at that day at Calvary was that Jesus had a promised word. I'll not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. He failed to recognize there was a promised word spoken over Jesus. Destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it up. What a mistake he made that day. What was it? The prophet said God had showed by that first church that he was God. He had a church perfected. But the church, like all other seed, must fall into the ground and die. And it fell into the ground and died. And wasted away. But what fate, Satan failed to realize, he thought he had a great achievement because he thought he had stopped that church that was on fire. But what he failed to realize, there was a promised blessing. There was a promised word spoken over that church by God. For he said, I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. Satan thought he had stopped that church. But the prophet said, when you receive the Holy Spirit and it dwells in you, an indwelling life that never started or never had an end, you possess that life in you. Then you've got eternal life and are sons and daughters of God and can no more die than God can die because you are a part of God. And no matter how much it rotted away, they couldn't. That life, hallelujah, that life was still with them. He thought he destroyed that bride tree, but he failed to realize that the life was still there and the tree started growing again. The prophet said the tree is growing. It's growing on just the same. I will restore, saith the Lord, all the Satan's topics cannot stop that tree from growing on. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. What was bound at Pentecost is bound forever. 
That's the reason the bride come into preview, a re-preview the second time. There has to be a church called out of the latter day like there was in the first day. Just exactly. The tree has come from its roots up to the bride tree like it did at that time. God's masterpiece again to be taken to a city. The tree has come up to be a masterpiece again. But this time we're not going down. But we're going to a city. A prepared people. A prepared city for a prepared people. Oh God. That's what the tree's going to. To take us to that place. Hallelujah. No matter what Satan tries to do. Trash the messenger. Trash the message. Call us a cult. Call us a man follower. The tree just keeps growing. It's just the same. All their trash websites. Remember, haters of the devil. Their hatred of this message shows you what they're anointed by. But in all of Satan's hate and all of Satan's demons, I want the devil to know this morning, all hell cannot stop this message. He can take my body. You can take me out here to, to the VA and put me in the cemetery out there. But I'll rise again. Oh, hallelujah. He cannot stop us from getting up. It's ordained of Jesus Christ to be so, and it will be so. For upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What kind of a church is it? Flesh and blood didn't reveal it. We didn't get this at the seminary. We didn't answer a bunch of message questions, and that made us message people. Come on, somebody. Wasn't revealed to us by flesh and blood. My mama didn't convince me of this. My daddy, you know, the first time I ever heard of this message was in 1966. I was just a little boy, about five, six year old, and a man brought a real, real tape player, sat on the kitchen table when we lived down there at Boone's Creek and played a message. That's the first time I heard the voice. But let me tell you, my daddy didn't understand it. He didn't accept it because he didn't understand it. Then just a few years later, the message broke here at the church. Oh my, but it wasn't the tape player that convinced me. It wasn't Brother Roy Phillips coming to the pulpit saying God sent a prophet to That wasn't what convinced me. But it was when I met him in that building down in Jonesburg. That's when I saw it. That's when it was revealed to me. This message is Jesus Christ. It produced it in Brother Bam's life. He produced it in his ministry. And it'll produce it in my life and your life and anybody's life. Amen. That'll take this message into their heart and let it live out through them. The world will see Christ through you. Oh, glory to God. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. She is moving on. You know why? It's perpetual motion. Jeremiah 17, 8 says, For he shall be a tree. Listen to this. He shall be a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth forth out her roots. Amen. He shall, be, he shall be a tree planted by the waters that spread out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. She shall not be careful in the year of the drought, neither shall she cease from yielding fruit. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. 
the branch bears the fruit of the life that's in the vine. The vine doesn't bear the fruit. The branch does. Amen. She will not cease from bearing fruit. He will never be without a witness. True born again church of this hour is the living word of God. It's the living word of God. Not the written word. The living word. You know what the living word? That means breath and a heartbeat. Not the written word. Not a message book. You are the message book. It's the living word. It's the word of this age. Made manifest. Search the scriptures. See what's supposed to be in this age. There is Christ living again. Just changing his mask from one to another. There's got to come a church again whose barriers will be broke. And the Holy Ghost will have the right of way among the people. When you do, you'll see the same signs and wonders that happened back there in them days. Amen. Looking for the super sign. The super sign. What is the super sign? God in flesh. Who is the super sign in this hour? That's the way he chose. He chose to come to you in this last day. God's super sign, a super race, oh yes. Not what you call a super race, not a superman wearing tights, no sir. But what God calls a super race. Because what they got is a supernatural power. I love this quote. A supernatural power with supernatural signs through a supernatural belief in the supernatural word from a supernatural God. You talk about super, that's super. A supernatural God in a supernatural body in natural people given supernatural signs. Hallelujah. A super race that they know that their God shall do exploits. Great exploits and show supernatural signs. A people, Abraham's seed, a sign of the supernatural Christ risen from the dead supernaturally. A super race of people. And the angel of the Lord came to the prophet said, pick up your pen and write. What did he tell the prophet? Here's what I'm trying to say to you. The law of reproduction brings forth of its kind. These last days, the true church bride comes to the headstone. We'll be the super church. A super race. Oh, glory to God. What is a super race? Not people with capes and masks. But a supernatural God in a people doing supernatural things. Super sign. The word made flesh. It's got to come one. He said there would. The Bible said it'll be here. God will take his church right back to the Pentecost of the beginning. That's why Satan hates Pentecost. It gives the church the power to bind and loose. Oh, but can I have just a few more minutes? Listen, listen to me. Don't, don't get it confused. Satan ain't the gatekeeper. Satan don't possess the gate. You do. Did 
not he tell Abraham, thy seed, that's us, shall, not could be, not hope so, not maybe, but shall possess the gates. You can bind him. You can loose him from your life, amen, by the power of the supernatural God living in you. Glory to God. It's the Holy Ghost working in the church. It vindicates the presence of Christ. And Satan cannot prevail against that. Pentecost vindicates Christ working in the individuals. You see, the book of Acts is not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit in the apostles. Jesus himself said, it ain't me that does the works, it's my Father. The prophet of God said, no man can heal. For years, I wouldn't share things I saw because I thought people was afraid I was talking about myself. And then I thought, I've got to tell them. I want them to know what God is doing. I'm not the healer. If I was the healer, I'd heal everybody. If I was the healer, Brother Eugene Kennedy would be in church Wednesday night shouting the aisle down. I'm not the healer. God's the healer. healing power is not just in the prophet it's not just in the pastor it's not just in the evangelist it's in the housewife it's in the college kids it's in every believer it's the acts it's the acts of the Holy Ghost in the church making what? making him the same yesterday, today and forever Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. But the book of Revelation exposes how Satan comes in to try to defile the church, making it lukewarm, powerless. His attempted, notice, his attempted destruction of God's people. He can try all he wants. He'll never do it. The discrediting of God's word. Is that not what he's doing right now? He knows. Oh God, if he knows, God help us to know. Satan knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church, I know you've heard this many times, but it's good to hear it again. The true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works. St. John 14, 12, she will be an invincible army. If she can discern by his spirit and discern that antichrist spirit and stand against it, Satan will be powerless before her. Not just the pastor. Not just the prophet, not just the visiting evangelist, but you. Perilous before you. Satan hates revelation, but we love it. With true revelation in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. But we will prevail over them. Amen. 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 
Why is Satan against this revelation? It's revealing Christ in his church. The promised word for this hour has become flesh and is dwelling among us and in us, fulfilling all that he spoke for in this hour. Once more, the world will hear from God. It will be through his bride. The church is no longer the mouthpiece of God. He turned on her. And he will confound the church, not the bride, the church, through the prophet and the bride. For the voice of God will be in her. Yes, it is. We're just so in the last chapter of Revelation 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Not play, say. Once more, the world will hear direct from God as at Pentecost. But of course, the word bride will be repudiated as in the first stage, she will be resisted. In this last day, there is again another people in the land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. Do you know the last voice Satan will hear? The last voice he'll hear is your voice casting him out. I say let the worshiper arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. How tragic the first stage did not listen to the Spirit. Instead, it listened to man. But thank God, in the last age, there will be a group rise up. The true bride of the last days. She will listen to the Spirit. And in that day of gross darkness, are we here? Is it here? It's so dark they don't even know if they're a man or a woman. That's how dark it is. In this day of gross darkness, the light will return by the pure word. And we will. Somebody say we will. We will return to the power of Pentecost to welcome back our Lord. I say to you, friends, she's here. She's here now. Well, here he comes. I gotta quit. James and John asked the Lord, grant to us that we can sit, one on your right hand and one on your left. And he said, Can you drink from my cup? Can you be baptized with this baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said, we can. And Jesus said, you shall indeed. The church of the living God today in action. Don't you see my brother and my sister? We can bind. We can loose. We can cast out devils. We can lay our hands on the sick. We can raise from the dead. 
Satan hates us. But God loves us and has injected his life into us. You shall indeed drink and be baptized with the same baptism. What is it? God in his people. God in his word. God in his servants. God in his prophets. God in his healing. Oh, God here in this building. Do you believe it right now? That's right. God in his creation, you believe it? Is that right? Is God in his word? Do you believe it? Was God in his son? Do you believe it? Was God in his people? Do you believe it? I can just prove he's here now. I believe it's God. The Holy Ghost flowing over the building right now. It's the same. And heal every person in here. God is in his people. For they were the same mantle. They have drank from the same cup. They have been baptized with the same baptism. Oh, can I read you one more? It's just like a seed of a morning glory. The seed of a flower. It falls into the ground. The seed of corn falls into the ground. What's the first thing comes up? is a little sprout. Then it goes to a tassel. Then from a tassel back to the original grain. Back to the original grain. Well, that's exactly what the church has done. Not will do, has done. It comes from Luther, Wesley, and now back to the original grain, back to the original glory, back to the glory it was at the beginning. The sun that rose in the east, it's the same sun that's manifesting the same thing in the west. Changing from glory to glory. It changed from the pagan down into Luther and from Luther down into Wesley, from Wesley out into Pentecost, restoration of the gifts, and on and on. Changing from glory to glory, producing the hidden manna, the hidden manna. The bread. Jesus said, I am that bread that came down from God. All God's children, thank you, Lord. All God's children are birthed at Bethlehem. What is Bethlehem? The house of God's bread. You are the house of the hidden manna. What are you saying? I'm just calling you Miss Bethlehem. The house of God's bread. Changing from glory to glory. Producing the hidden man. And now it's ripe to bring him back. To bring him back exactly like he was at the beginning. His same ministry. The same Jesus, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same one that come down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory unto glory to glory and is back to its original seed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same signs, same wonders, same baptism, same kind of people acting the same way with the same power, the same sensation. It's from glory unto glory and the next knee will be changed from his glory into a body like his own glorious body and we shall see him. The same. The same. The same cup. The same baptism, the same mantle, the same ministry, the same anointing. Hallelujah. 
I told Cyril the other day, I think I'll preach a message. The same does not mean different. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's amazing how many people think it's something different. Come on, friends. They try to make something completely different. But the same means the same. Well, it did when I went to school. They ain't changed it, have they, buddy? No, still the same thinking. Still the same. He said so. Changed from glory to glory. What does Isaiah say? What did he say? Arise and shine. For thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord hath risen upon thee. And his glory shall be seen in the church of the hidden man. Oh, Brother Darrell, if I could just only see Jesus. Just look to the person beside you. You're looking at him. He just changed his mask. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Oh, whose report Will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. I am sick. 
Believe. 
to sing from our hearts there comes this anthem oh here our praises ring this is a song to the king of kings let the worshipers done for me
It's the old ship of Zion. Oh, yes, it is. Thank you. It's Lord. the hope Hallelujah. for the lost and the dying. Well, it's a salvation well it's the church not beat down triumphant oh Lord and it's been by, by the hand by of the Lord I'm talking about a church in the book of Revelation built on the rock, got a firm foundation, been through the flood, been through the fire, but one of these days the church is gonna move up higher. It's the church triumphant, than it's been by the hand of said it earlier that the darkness is so dark that men don't know if they're men or women. That's only part of the story. I was just told a couple of weeks ago from a school teacher in the message over in an adjoining state to ours that had told a preacher friend of mine and he related it to me that the janitors in the schools are having to put out litter boxes and sand boxes because some of the kids going to school think they're dogs and cats. I just heard yesterday where some, some schools that the children are hissing at the teachers and barking at them because they think they're animals. 
You ought to be so grateful to God today. You ought to be so happy. Not that you just know you're a man if you're a man, a woman if you're a woman. But look what it's coming to, friends. The whole world is going so, so incredibly fast in that direction of darkness. But the light has come. Your light has come. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you for your goodness, Lord. It's every morning when we get up. Every night when we lay down, Lord. We've lived in the goodness of God. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. We would pray for our nation if we felt like there was any hope. But when the prophet was here, he said he didn't even pray for it anymore. So how many years, how many decades have passed that even a prophet couldn't pray for mercy? Israel got to that state one time and you said if Daniel was here, I wouldn't hear him. If Jeremiah had prayed, and now Elijah has come and gone, and Elijah before he left said, I don't even pray for it anymore. But we just pray if there's individuals that's out there, Father, that you'd bring them in. Lord Jesus, we worship you today, Father. Thank you for this great visitation of your presence, Lord. We believe we're not the same yesterday, today, and forever, but that you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord? Can you sing that song about the goodness of God? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I honestly don't care about eating dinner. I don't care about what you got planned. I don't care about none of that stuff. Whenever we're in this, I just wish we could stay in it forever. Won't it be awesome when we'll never have to leave his presence again? Amen. Let's just sing this as we prepare to go. God bless your service. Here again Wednesday. I love you, Lord. Yes, Lord. You have led me through the fire. Thank you, Father. I've known you as a father. As a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sing it now. Good.
God bless you. So appreciate you today. Remember, Erica, she'll be starting her fifth treatment tomorrow. We're just believing God for his, his hand to be upon her. She'll have an MRI on Thursday and then another scan the next week. We're just believing the Father for his report. Whose report are we going to believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. God bless you. Let's sing this together as we go. Sing it for us, hey. Oh, praise All God. All my life you have been faithful. You've been faithful, Lord God, to all of us, Jesus. All my life you have been so, so God. 